Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast, where we like to discuss all things championship football and, of course, our beloved Birmingham City. The championship returned to action with some barnstorming fixtures. We've had a plethora of goals and a ton of late drama, uh, giving us plenty to talk about on today's show. Of course, we'll also be looking at Blue's difficult trip to the Hawthorns as they took on West Bromwich Albion. We'll be picking the bones out of the game and looking forward, hopefully, <laughs> to the Huddersfield and Swansea games. Can we just score a goal, please? Uh, but before we go any further, I must introduce your hosts. Uh, my name is Alex, and I'm joined by my always hopeful co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you today? And have you managed to put a positive spin on blues in your notes for today's show? Yeah, of course I have. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you often you often mock me for my, uh, for my mad amount of optimism when it comes to blues. Mm. Um, but... It's, I think, from out of the game, and I think most Blues fans will agree with me, there are certainly positives. It's just disheartening when you play all that nice football and, and don't get anything out of it, especially in a derby. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to that in due course. But yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get on with the show. Yes, there's plenty to discuss. Uh, we're going to get into it all after this. Yes, let's get straight into it. We're going to do our championship fixture roundup before we talk about the Blues game from Friday night. We're going to go straight to Craven Cottage because, as you rightfully predicted, Joe, the game of the weekend took place there. Fulham playing Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, it was Alexander Mitrovic's double that helped Fulham go third in the championship table, uh, cruising past West London rivals QPR at Craven Cottage. Mitrovic opened the scoring in the 10th minute after he chested down a Dennis Odoi cross and volleyed the ball into the bottom corner on the turn. After QPR's Lyndon Dykes equalised in the 54th minute, the Serbian headed Fulham back in front with his 12th league goal of the season with an Eastkins Cabano delivery in the 67th minute. Four minutes later, Bobby Decordova Reed added a third, slotting the ball into the far corner. And the championship's leading scorers made it 4-1 in injury time as Anthony Robinson's long-range effort deflected in off Rangers defender Jordi Device. Um, so, as you said, CJ, or Joe, <laughs> sometimes I call you CJ, it's a little uh, nickname, have you? Uh, five goals in this one uh, and uh, a really, really convincing win uh, from Fulham. Yeah, it was. This is the firm that we've been expected to see all season. And um, I don't know, I mean... I. This one, this game was on TV, um, and I, I was—I mean, first of all, the first Mitrovic goal was brilliant. By the way, the way he, the way he brought it down, and uh, it was a really crisp finish as well, um, which you'd expect to see from Mitrovic, I suppose. Um, mm. but yeah, Fulham were Fulham really controlled QPR, who did force their way back into the game, of course, mm, yeah. um, through Lin through substitute Lyndon Dykes, but. Um, and I tell you what, I was. Do you know who I was really impressed by in this game? Uh, was uh, first half substitute Bobby De Cordova Reed. Yeah. Uh, he he replaced Ivan uh, Cavallero after he went down under what didn't seem like much of a challenge. Mm. Um, I didn't see who it was from. I think it was from Dicky, um, if I remember correctly. But that could just be a complete guess. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, Bobby Reed after coming on was 
really sharply really made things happen and after the i think what it what it was certainly after qpr went level they really focused on on mar on, on marking him out of the game which then meant the space was there for cabano for mitrovic for wilson and that's that's the problem you have with fulham when they do they are playing well you can't mark them out of the game because you can't because none of their players really can you can just, you can't just put one defender on any of their attackers. You need to put two, mm. and that completely takes your team out of the game. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the problem QPR had certainly because after they went behind, as you'd expect, they then tried to um, they had to try and be more expansive. They had to try and uh, and look for that equaliser, and and the inevitable happened. You know the the floodgates from that point onwards were open, and of course Anthony Robinson wrapping it up uh, mm. at the end of the game yeah. I like Anthony Robinson I think he could I think he should be starting more and also one thing that I found interesting was um, bold decision from Marco Silva I don't know if there's maybe anything else behind it other than just uh, other than just maybe a bit of poor form dropping goalkeeper Paolo Gazaniga yeah. and putting in Tom Rodrick uh, or yeah. Rodak even not Rodrick um uh, and it's it's Tom, it's beginning of M. Marek Rodak. Mm. Uh, that was uh, a big decision, to be yeah. fair, because uh, Gazaniga coming in from Tottenham Hotspur, mm. um, supposedly meant to be one of the best goalkeepers in the championship, and you have seen that at times. But he sat, I mean, against Bristol, he, he looked a little bit um, dodgy, should we say dodgy? I think that's the politest mm. way to put it, mm. uh, a bit ropey. Uh, but uh, so yeah, it's a bold decision. It'll be interesting to see if after this game, if Rodak stays in goal. Because if he if he doesn't, then it's probably just a, a little bit of injury concern for, mm. for Gasniga. But if he if he if he stays in goal, much like the current Sar Kitchen Etheridge situation at Blues, mm. it could be a, it could be a bit of an upset for Paolo Gasniga, who came to Fulham in such a game time. Yeah, yeah, very true. I mean, I. I know we've talked about it a lot, but I just look at Fulham's squad. Just looking at their bench, Tom Kearney is on the bench. You've got Chaloba, Deckard Overreed, who obviously came on and, and had a real impact, uh, Carvalho, Gazaniga, Mawson, Robinson. They've got such uh, an incredible set of options uh, in all sorts of areas of the field. It's, it is scary. Um, and this is a QPR side that, of course, yes, doesn't have that same luxury, but certainly started very well and have a very very good way of playing um mark warburton's got them playing really nice football they create lots of chances but they put them away comfortably and i think this is this really um they'll look back and think this is the, the level of performance from fulham that that they want to replicate every week that's the sort of that's the bar um to be able to put a, a team away like qpr so comfortably um and yeah really being, be, i think being that it was qpr is a huge thing mm because uh, it's not it's not like they've gone to someone at the bottom of the league and just stuffed them. Yeah. They've uh, they've they're they're against a team who are in real real good, good form. Mm. Some of the form players in the championship, some of the players, mm. some of the best football in the championship at the moment, and um, didn't only beat them but com comprehensively beat them. Yeah. QPR were in the game. Let's QPR mm. were in the game until the seventieth minute. Mm. But once Fulham retook the lead, you never thought. That the outcome was going to be anything else but mm. a Fulham win. Mm. Yeah, yeah, big big win there for uh, Marco Silva and his 
boys uh going over to uh, a different fixture now blackburn hosted coventry um and wow Coventry City fought back from two goals down to earn a deserved point at Blackburn Rovers in the Championship. Tyler Walker sparked the second half comeback with a neat first-time finish from Todd Kane's cross. The Sky Blues equaliser had a huge slice of luck about it as Liam Kelly's long-range strike crashed off the post before bouncing off the head of goalkeeper Thomas Kaminsky and in. I do like those goals. They <laughs> uh, are Joe fun. Rock, they are fun. They're, they're great. I think um, there was a game where I think David Stockdale was playing for Fulham and I think two of those happened in one game to him. Oh, you've got to, you've got to respect it. <laughs> um, it was Joe Rothwell's clever dink and Sam Gallagher's powerful effort into the top corner that had put Blackburn two 0 up, and they almost won it late on. But Michael Rose cleared off the line following a scramble in the box. Um, yeah, I mean it's uh, Coventry. They were two 0 down. They looked like they were down and out. We know this Blackburn side are going well. Uh, no goal for Bereson Diaz, which is of course interesting. Is he's, he's probably just after the international break. Maybe he's uh, needs. A rest. He's only just. He's only just. He, he's he came on off of the bench. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so, yeah. I think I think the one thing I find interesting. So he's come from Chile, right? And mm. presumably they played their international matches in South America as well. Yeah. And just you know, from a Premier League perspective, there's huge things about. Um, uh, from a obviously, uh, as as you guys will know as well, I, I have a, an affiliation with Tottenham Hotspur as well, mm. and uh, you know they've got plenty of South American players who went away: Emerson Royale, mm. uh, Giovanni Lo Celso, Christian Romero. I'm sure I'm missing people as well mm. um, who aren't who who are largely expected to not play and not be involved at all due to restrictions and stuff. But I, I, one thing I look for is is Brozen Diaz involved, and he, him being on the bench, why why is he? I, I I would have expected him to completely miss this fixture. Um, obviously, we know he's crucial to to Blackburn. He yeah. is crucial to Blackburn. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's just food for thought that mm-hmm. I wanted to share with with everyone. Um, maybe the maybe it's a a league thing. Maybe the Championship are more inclined to try and get people playing as much as possible which i respect anyway you love rubbing in my face that coventry do good things um and yes they do and this is uh you know coming down coming back from two goals down is impressive but in my opinion going to blackburn um certainly coventry at the moment we know that away from home they're not as um their form isn't as good no they yeah I think they're absolutely right. The way away from home, home is at, as it is at home. Mm-hmm. That's because, I... yeah. So I think, but for them going to Blackburn, who were Ayrton um, Diaz Lus, <laughs> who by the way was in the South American team of the week. Ah, there we go. Then I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that. I mean, that's um, uh, that's obviously quite uh, quite an honour, and he's clearly yeah, he, an important player for both Chile and Blackburn. Well, he he has. He's become super important to uh, to his national team, and like so so. I, I remember looking at it. So the setup was just a simple four. I think it was a four four two or maybe a three five two. Mm. So two central strikers. Do you know who his partner was? Mm. Oh, for Chile. No, no. In uh, so in the team of the week. Oh, you know who else was in the South team? America was it Messi? Yeah. It was Lionel Messi, <laughs> Lionel Messi, and Ben Brereton Diaz were the two yeah. strikers, and um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely mental. So um, he is making waves 
yeah. the uh, off off the continent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's quite the story. Um, I've also just want to quickly point out before we move on from this fixture, Coventry City's away kit is very snazzy. It's pink with navy. Um, it's like Dulwich Hamlet style. I think it looks fantastic. Um, yeah, I hate I hate that I like it. <laughs> I was going to say it sounds like the kind of kit. It looks like the kind of kit that you would like. I absolutely would as well, and so I, that's why I I kind of don't want to go to the lose Coventry game because I'll I'll spend the whole game hating loving their away kit because they would wear the away kit because they wouldn't wear blue against blue would they? yeah yeah you'd imagine so yeah yeah um no brilliant moving swiftly on then Sheffield United scored two late goals in three minutes uh, from substitutes Liss Mousset uh, and David McGoldrick as they came from behind to beat championship high flyers Stoke City Jacob Brown put the Potters ahead on 55 minutes when he turned on the edge of the box to fire home a right foot shot into the bottom left corner, only to be booked for an excessive celebration. I've not seen clips of this. I'll have to try and find it. Uh, But McGoldrick set up Mousset's uh, 80th minute equaliser before hitting the winner when Ender Stevens played him in and his calm shot found the bottom right corner. The Blades climbed to 12th, six points below Michael O'Neill Stoke, who slipped to fifth after suffering only their third loss of the season. That's interesting. So Sheffield United climbed to, this is obviously um, the table I'm looking at now is a little bit different because I think Middlesbrough's results, uh, which we'll get on to shortly, has, has meant that they're only 13th now, Sheffield United. But but it's interesting. Sheffield United are only five points off the playoffs. They've they've started to find goals, haven't they? They have. And um, first of all, I completely forgot Lise Musay existed. Until <laughs> um, you mentioned his name. He, he, scoring yeah, he was at Bournemouth, wasn't he? And then the chef, then moved to Sheffield. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I do. I do remember him in the Premier League being mm. being decent for yeah. for Sheffield at times. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, this is a result that that Sheffield needed really, and uh, I'm sure at Bramall Lane, this is the result. This is, I think, this could be the result that they look they look back at the fans. And say right, yeah, you kind of itch. Because mm. certainly in the style that they've done it, leaving it late, it's not sustainable to just leave it leave it late. But it does get the fans riled up. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of the best feelings is is you know when you're at a stadium and you your team are kind of up against it and, and they find a, a late winner or even a late equaliser. It's uh, yeah. perhaps the, the limbs that occur is <laughs> something special, something that, that you, so the kind of thing, if I could, if I could bottle it and sell it, we'd be millionaires right now. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting a bit sidetracked here. I think that Sheffield United needed this win more than any, more than anyone else this match day. Mm. Because they were they were starting to flirt with comfortable mid-table mediocrity. But being only five points off the playoffs, they're a good run away from being where they would have expected to be at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. So Sheffield United, I think you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I think I think playoffs are within within their reach, which makes me feel a bit better about my <laughs> predictions from <laughs> from before the season started <laughs> yeah that's it's the same for me as well Se- seeing that it is only five points now that they've started to, to find that energy and a formation that seems to be working you know McGoldrick has become a really important player for them and, and a really intelligent footballer 
um, on his day. He, he seems like he's going to be the main man under Jukanovic to unlock defences and, and make stuff happen. Um, yeah, they look to me like a side that, that are only going to go in one direction. They've clearly the, the signings as well of um, Morgan Gibbs-White this has made a, a big, big difference. Um, yeah, I think Gibbs-White Gibbs has the potential to be their player of the season. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's been big. Moussa, I find it interesting that Moussa and McGoldrick were both uh, mm. substitutes as well. Yeah, I always quite like that when, because um, that's you know that's 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 a manager earning his money at that point, mm. making the decisions and and them having an impact. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite the opposite story to what's going on at Blues, but we'll we'll, well, we'll get to that. We'll talk about that later. Um, and of course, Stoke City only their third loss. They they're going well. They're still in fifth place on twenty one points. There's certainly nothing to panic about just yet. Um, yeah, no, not yet. No, not yet. it's it's after twelve games. I think they'd be happy with fifth place. <laughs> uh, moving on then to Nottingham Forest, uh, who extended their unbeaten run to five games under boss Steve Cooper with a first home victory of the season, ending Blackpool's own four-game unbeaten streak. It was Wales international Brennan Johnson that got the ball rolling at the City Ground midway through the first half, burying a low finish beyond Daniel Grimshaw from Max Lowe's cross. Forest passed up chances to build on the lead and were eventually pegged back when Jerry Yates turned in from Jordan Gabriel's header to level for Blackpool. However, Forrest showed the metal which Cooper has instilled since taking over when Lewis Graben tucked away after Worrell's effort was beaten away by Grimshaw. So the, the Forrest renaissance continues. Uh, Steve Cooper's men, wow, they're really flying at the table now. They're into 16th position on 14 points. And where consider where they were even a month ago, um, it's remarkable. They've gone above Birmingham, which is painful to to admit. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and a good win over a Blackpool side that themselves has started to find some real form and, and to get that first home win as well. You, you really feel like the, the season is turning around for Forest. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It's. Um, it makes you wonder what was going wrong at the start of the season. Mm. But that's uh, that's by the by. That little bing was. Um, was me just uh, <laughs> getting a text. I do apologise. Mr. Popular. Um, oh, it's just my dad. Don't worry. <laughs> he's uh, he's texting me about oh, he's texting me about going to a movie on, on Friday on my birthday. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, that's uh, <laughs> that's nothing to do with this podcast. <laughs> so um, anyway, I've com- that's com- I'm not going to lie, it's completely thrown me off. It's, um, it's going to be the, uh, it's a movie of uh, Brereton Diaz. That's what you should go and watch. They should do a Brereton, story of his life, shouldn't it they? It's the story of how Brereton Diaz managed to get a Chilean passport. <laughs> Play Apparently it's four hours, four hours long. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it, but there's only, it's only in one room. It's just that one lawyer filling out hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of bits of paperwork. <laughs> Who would play? Um, who would play him in a movie? I'm getting kind of distracted now. Who would play Brereton Diaz? <laughs> I okay, just think Pedro well, Pascal would be quite good. I think because you need Pedro that South Pascal. That's not bad. That's not a bad show. Yeah, but he's not South American, though, is he? He's English. He's Brereton Diaz is English. Yeah, well, English he is. He is. They can do. I suppose you like, would. Yeah, if, Tom if Hardy. Well, oh, Joe, you know I was about to say Tom Hardy because he because he could do that. He could pull off the facial hair. But I, I was actually going to go maybe a bit more, a bit more. I was going like Tom Hiddleston. Oh, Tom Hiddleston, if, if, wow. If Tom Hiddleston could grow a beard, right? Because think he's got the long hair already. <laughs> Tom Maybe. Hiddleston anyway, plays Ben. Tom sorry, Tom sorry. we were talking about Forrest and their sort of, uh, their, the way that their season We're talking about Forrest. Yeah, their season has turned around. And I think a huge player for them is, I'm a massive, massive fan of his. And it wasn't all that long ago where I was saying that if 
if Nottingham Forest go down, Blue should sign him. Mm. Um, that's Brennan Johnston, who recently won EFL Player of the Month. Mm. Um, of course, he got the opening goal. Uh, he's playing well for Wales as well in the international break. Mm. Um, what a player. And he's crucial to the way Nottingham Forest are going forward at the moment. Um, he was in this game. Mm. From all, I, I haven't obviously I haven't seen any of the game. I haven't seen the highlights, but reading a couple of match reports, a couple of fan accounts, um, and Johnson was was brilliant. And um, it's no easy thing to beat Blackport, of course. Like you said, four games unbeaten. Um, but not the Forest. I mean, Coop, surely Cooper's gonna. He'll, he'll he'll keep the the board wouldn't do anything now to to disrupt this momentum. They must just keep him mm-hmm. rather than so that's um one to the Cooper getting yourself a full time job potentially. Yeah, well I think yeah the, the the way that they've turned around so quickly you know it's you're absolutely right to say well it's interesting what they must have been something going wrong with with Hewton and the way why the team set up or something that the players weren't really responding to not in the right way anyway. So clearly. They've got the talent to, to push on and, and they're only going in one direction. And you have to say for Blackpool as well, there's no need for them to panic. After 50, uh, the 15th after 12 games with 15 points, I think they'd be very happy with that. And, and they've they've got that um, that stubbornness and that organisation, uh, as we've seen over the last few few game weeks, to, to get some good results and, and to, to keep clean sheets. So positives there for both sides. And, you know, maybe Blackpool will be a little bit disappointed not to come away with something, but that's more an indication of how well they've, They've been going. Uh, we must talk about uh, the Bristol City and Bournemouth game. Um, of course, Bournemouth restored their three-point lead at the top of the championship with a comfortable win at Bristol City. So my prediction of a 1-1 draw was incorrect. Jamal, well, I said 3-0 uh, Bristol, so let's not get too... Oh, well. blimey. Well, forget about the predictions. Uh, Jamal Lowe celebrated his first league start by steering Jack Stacey's wicked cross in from close range to put the Cherries in front. Uh, Jordan Zamora's stunning finish doubled the lead on half-time as the visitors took firm control. Uh, City, without a home win since January, struggled to create throughout and were fortunate not to lose more heavily as Dominic Solanke and substitute Jefferson Lerma had late goal-bound efforts blocked. Um, it was really heartening, of course, to see, we should mention this, uh, when Jamal Lowe scored uh, the opening goal on the 21st minute, all of these Bournemouth players celebrated the goal uh, with teammate David Brooks' shirt um, following the cancer diagnosis um, for the Welsh player. Yeah. And, of course, our condolences go out to him. It's very, very sad news, um, but but lovely to see his teammates uh, rallying behind him like that. Yeah, he's a he's top-quality top player in... You know he's um, massive for his national team as well. One of the one of the stars for Wales, and he's still he's still what twenty twenty four. He's only a young young player, yeah. Um, so you know, and I I mean I I I think back you know three years ago when Bournemouth were struggling somewhat in the Premier League, mm. uh, and there was talk there was there was a lot of talk about him going to uh, coming to Tottenham potentially or going to. Um, Teams kind of just below that bracket, Leicester City esque. So, um, uh, hopefully, you know, mm. he'll, uh, he'll, 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 he'll get over it. He'll get over it in time to, to maybe get get his footballing career on as, as on track as possible. But yeah, definitely. We, we, health is important at first. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, absolutely. We do. Yeah. Um, but, but the, you know, Bournemouth continue to, to get the results and continue to, to march forward. They're top they of do. the league. 
uh, five points clear of Fulham in third, 28 points. Um, they're looking really, really good. And, and yeah, Jamal Lowe, his first start, he looked fantastic on the day. Uh, you know, being able to bring on the likes of Jefferson Lerber, experienced midfielder late on to shore up the game. It's, it's you know, that they've they've really got a good squad themselves. I, I you know, it, I know we've talked a lot about the three of Bournemouth, West Brom and Fulham. I think that Bournemouth are probably the team with the squad that is most comparable in terms of strength in depth uh, with Fulham. Uh, I think West Brom have a very good starting eleven, but they don't have this, that same strength in depth. But that doesn't seem to matter because, uh, you know, they're, they're finding a way. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Bournemouth going well. Slight concerns for Bristol City. Um, they dropped to 11th on 16 points, so it's not panic stations just yet. Um, but they... they Seem to really struggle to, to really create anything in, in the game. Um, a couple of shots on target, only 26% possession. It shows how Bournemouth really strangled the game. Um, yeah, a, a difficult one for them to take, but um, but they'll 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 move forward and they've got to try to make it right in midweek. Uh, the games are coming thick and fast. Um, moving forward, then uh, Reading took on Barnsley uh, on Saturday afternoon. It was John Swift that scored his eighth goal of the season as Reading moved closer to the top six with a home victory over struggling Barnsley. The visitors produced one of their best displays of the campaign, but suffered their fourth loss in a row and have now gone 10 games without a, a win. It was Tom Dele Bashiru who had the ball in the back of the net in the first half for Reading, but his effort was ruled out for offside while Corley Woodrow twice forced good saves from Luke Southwood in reply. The Tykes went close when Callum Britton hit the post after the break, but Scott Dan, making his first league start for Reading and the 400th of his career, produced the pass which set up Swift to secure the three points. Rolling back the years there, Scott Dan. Uh, Centre-back playing like Luka Modric. You love to see it. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I just can't understand how John Swift, a midfielder, has, has scored eight goals so far this season. He's he's been remarkable for for Reading, and and it's a big big result for them. Uh, as as the uh, match report there said, a really really good performance from Barnsley. But Reading found a way. Reading climb up to seventh, and they've gone above QPR. They're onto nineteen points. A yeah, that's point. crazy that they've gone above QPR. Yeah, a single so, point behind Huddersfield in sixth. So. It shows how much they've turned around because they Reading had a rough start, but they've they've really got going. I think it wasn't long ago when Reading were down like what seventeenth or whatever, and uh, and they played against QPR and it was three all, mm. and uh, we were saying that QPR should be disappointed that yeah, but I mean anyway, keep uh, Reading have, have really uh, slingshotted themselves up the table, mm. and in terms of Swift being uh, having scored in eight goals. I think that's not. Uh, I'm not too surprised. I'm not, I don't want to burst your bubble or anything, <laughs> but it, for he he plays kind of uh, similarly to the way Deli used to play uh, for Tottenham when he first kind of joined. That mm. kind of almost like a floating second striker that would come come a little bit deeper and help him midfield. Um, so you, you'd expect him to pop up in areas where he'll get shots off. Mm. Uh, anyway. Um, Barnsley, Barnsley's performance against Reading feels very eerily similar to Blues' performance against West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. Um, played some nice football, kept themselves in the game for pretty much the whole game, but just couldn't couldn't find the back of the net, couldn't, mm -hmm. couldn't make it count when it mattered. And um, even the goals came at similar times. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
that's a simulation village or something. <laughs> um, Barnsley, all I have to all I really have to say about this game is that Barnsley will free your pain. Reading, I think they'll have an eye on the playoffs without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's actually correct. Yeah, looks like it's going to be turning into a tough season for Barnsley, as you say. Um, a really good performance from them, but they just... when do when do Blues play Barnsley? Now there's a question. Let me that feels like it could calendar. be a key, a key key game. Yeah, let me have a look at my calendar. So the first time that we encounter Barnsley is uh, Saturday, the twenty second of January. Okay, at home, um, and then later on in the season. Hang on, we've already played Barnsley, haven't we? Haven't we? Yeah, we have. We we drew one one at Barnsley, didn't we? So yeah, we've got a home a home game against them in January. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right to look at fixtures like that already. I think, and we obviously will perhaps go into a bit more detail in the Blues section of the show. But those are the kind of fixtures where you do think Blues are going to have to try to pick some some points up, maybe even a win um, at home. Um, difficult difficult times, but yeah, it looks like Barnsley are in for a tough old season. Uh, moving on, another side that looks like they're going to have a tough season, Hull. Uh, were beaten 2-0 at Huddersfield Town. Uh, Huddersfield moved into the top six in the championship after a goal in each half saw off struggling Hull City. Tom Lees bundled the Terriers into an early lead after a Daniel Sinani corner caused chaos in the Tigers' box. After twice going close in the second half, Dwayne Holmes fired in a beauty to make it 2-0. Hull mustered little serious goal threat with efforts from Keane Lewis-Potter and Malik Wilts at their best chances. Huddersfield's fourth win in their last five home games moves Carlos Corbran's improving side into the playoff places, while a fourth away defeat for Hull keeps them just one point clear of the bottom three. Yeah, Huddersfield going well. And I just keep waiting for Huddersfield. For some reason in my mind, I look at their squad and think it looks like a solid championship team. I keep waiting for for them to have a couple of bad results and to start to sink into mid-table, but they they keep going and they've they've really found some, I'm going to say the word, momentum. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, whereas for Hull it's it's the opposite problem you know they, they just can't seem to to keep clean sheets uh, really struggling to find goals yeah a, a good good win for the Terriers it's a bad combination when you can't score goals and can't keep clean sheets yeah found, it feels a bit familiar that one I it feel does. like that yeah it was, uh, <laughs> um, I think yeah I, there's still plenty of time for Huddersfield to slip up mm. much like with Coventry as well <laughs> Um. But yeah, Hull, Hull don't look good enough. Mm. I mean, maybe that, maybe that that feels really harsh. Mm. Um, but you've got you know football is a cutthroat world, so we've got yeah. to cut through it sometimes. And you know, while I also you know potentially might be doing some work with a couple of football teams, there's some there's some teams that I I have to be more kind about in case I ever found this. Hull isn't one of them at the moment. <laughs> uh, so I can kind of say what I like. Mm. And yeah, they aren't, not that any, for the record, that any team is forcing me to not say my opinions. Um, <laughs> all views but, are his own. Yeah, they are. They are all my own. You know that from how well, well, unique they are. Sometimes. I was going to say, you probably won't be doing any work with Coventry anytime soon then. Uh, no. <laughs> but to be fair, the work I'm doing is actually to, to, to prevent clubs from any legal action being held against them. So right. if any football club does hear this. <laughs> What's going on? Um, no, I think um, I think you're right to talk about Hull's sort of fragility, though. Um, okay, it's interesting. 
if I was um if I was it's quite hard... interesting actually. Mm. Yeah, no, I... very, yeah, yeah. Let's not get sidetracked. No, it's all right. It's all right. I, I was just going to say that it's it's interesting. You're looking at holes, how they're struggling. My 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 connect my connection's quite poor. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. It's all good. I was going to just mention that. Um, yeah, they are. They're... Yeah, I was going to mention that Derby um, would look at this sort of result. Um, I think that. Yeah, I think I was, I was just going to mention Joe's having one or two technical issues. I was going to mention that Derby would look at this kind of results <clears throat> and think, well, okay, that you know that's a that's a team that we can catch. They're only six points behind them. Derby do have some solidity. We'll get onto their their result from the weekend very shortly. They, they've got a a foundation derby to pick up points, whereas it looks to me like Hull are really struggling. Um, it, it, you know, there's there's teams in there that that I think Derby can catch, and Hull is one of them, um, along with obviously Peter and Barnsley, who are already in the relegation zone, along with Derby. Um, it, yeah, they can take great heart from this kind of result. These are the kind of results that Derby will look to and and think well, we're only a couple of wins away from from getting out of trouble here. So. They've got to keep the faith, the Rams, and we'll we'll talk about their result very, very shortly. Um, while Joe just figures out his technical issues, I'm going to move on to the Middlesbrough versus Peterborough game. Uh, speaking of Peterborough, uh, and it was Middlesbrough that left it late to overcome struggling Peterborough as Paddy McNair and Josh Coburn netted to settle an otherwise unremarkable championship game. Northern Ireland international McNair had his shirt pulled in the box with five minutes to go prompting referee John Busby to point to the spot and keeper David Cornell was sent the wrong way. Substitute Coburn added a second in injury time, connecting with Martin Piero's centre to condemn Posh to a sixth straight away defeat. The Teesiders had the better of the game up to their final five minutes flurry, but looked as though they could own, they would have to share the spoils. So yeah, difficult one. Middlesbrough um, finding two late goals to beat Peterborough. Peter have this habit of just conceding late goals and, and it's a really, really bad habit to have. They seem to, <laughs> it's happened in a few games. There was the West Brom game where they put in a right shift recently and obviously this one here. Uh, this was probably a game they were looking at and thinking they could probably drag Middlesbrough into a bit of a scrap and, and try to at least take a point off them. Um, but it's it's just this, this habit of conceding late, late goals. Um, it's just slightly concerning uh, from a Peterborough perspective. So, Joe, <laughs> what do you make of this? I mean, Peterborough, this this habit of conceding late goals. How how do you how do you get over that? How do you find that extra bit of um, concentration and organisation in those final five or ten minutes of games? Because they they're just conceding goals. That, it's not like they've already been smashed and they're conceding goals. They're conceding crucial goals that are changing these games and and therefore uh, altering their their points haul. I think. Well, if if I had that answer, I'd be on a lot more <laughs> money than I am now. Mm. Um, that's for sure. And I'd actually have a Wi-Fi connection that is maybe stable. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I think that from P- Peter, Peter's point of view, right. In my opinion is they, they is, it's concentration almost, you know, mm. they got that. First of all, the first goal for Middlesbrough was a penalty. Yeah. That should be pointed out so that while Given so like the first thing he says, don't give away, don't give away a penalty in the box. I don't know. I don't really know what it was given for. I'll be honest. Do you, it was, do you know it was what a shirt, shirt pull? I think yeah, it was um, Paddy McNair having a shirt pulled. So it, you know, in my view, if you're if you're the Peterborough coach, 
you say don't pull someone's shirt in the box mm. but you'd think that that is kind of self-explanatory to a professional footballer mm. yeah it, it well it, it looked like they had they had some good chances peterborough they had there were a few occasions where they had like four versus three it's that front three they've got that we know are very dangerous and of course they, they outnumbered the defenders on the break um but they didn't make the most of those chances um you know, there's no shots on target. Um, it just seems like that final third, that final decision is lacking. And is it is it a question of of a step up to the championship from League One? Is it just that and finding that extra bit of quality and concentration? Because yeah, maybe. Is, maybe. Is, is it that that they're struggling with the step up? Do you think? I mean, to be honest, I mean, because I, I, I've said it before, and I, I'll say it again, and I say it to people who don't watch the championship, by the way, and they. I think I'm absolutely mad. <laughs> but um, I think that the step up from League One to the Championship is a harder step up than the one from the Premier League into the Premier League from the Championship. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think without... Because they didn't have too much major investment, did they, Peter Brett, either? No. Um, nothing really notable. And uh, yeah, you can you can see that's going to be a problem or well, it, well, it is a problem and i can't yeah. i can't see a way back for them at this point if I'm yeah, well, i know yeah i know it's early in the season and they're not even if i if i just get the league table up quickly that they're, they're not massively far behind like no, I mean, they're, 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 a point, behind. they're only a point behind yeah and, and, and of they're course... only three points behind cardiff and swansea who play in about mm. an hour and a half yeah yeah um but I, I can't, I can't see them putting together a string of results to overtake anyone other than maybe Birmingham. Oh God, come on! Don't say things like that. <laughs> I'm normally very optimistic. I'm a very optimistic person, but yeah, I, I was just looking at the table. I was looking at Peterborough and the fact that Birmingham come into picture <laughs> when I'm looking at Peter, Peterborough down at the bottom is sad. Yeah, um, that is of course a worry. Um, but yeah, it's it's only Derby's points deduction that means that Peterborough aren't bottom of the table. Uh, minus thirteen amazing. goal difference. Um, yeah, they they they. Yeah, that minus thirteen goal. goal difference is is not good. No, no. As we know, in a relegation battle, your goal difference is essentially either an extra point or a or a point taken off, isn't it? It's it's it, it's yeah. it becomes that crucial. So if you are going to get beaten, make sure it's 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 not by a big margin. Um, yeah, difficult times for Peterborough, but Middlesbrough. It's a good result for them in the end. They, they toiled and toiled and got the win, and they've started to pull away a bit now. They're on twelve points on. Uh, they're on. Sorry, they're in twelfth position on fifteen points. Um, and they, yeah, they're, they're looking good. They're looking good. Uh, moving on then to our penultimate game from this section of the show. Uh, Millwall took on Luton Town and it was Harry Cornick that scored in each half as a clinical Luton Town inflicted a first championship defeat in eight games on Millwall. With the away side's first real chance, an unmarked Cornick bent the ball into the top corner first time from 14 yards after a determined run and pass from Jordan Clark. Millwall then huffed and puffed without creating any clear openings. Benikafobi and Shea Ojo having clear uh, having efforts blocked, sorry, with the host struggling in the final third. Clark again released Cornick for Luton second, the forward shooting low across goal and into the corner. And the Lions' day was summed up late on when Jed Wallace saw a decent penalty, excellently saved by Sluger. So uh, an unbeaten run of ten, uh, sorry, eight games there ended by Luton Town, of all people, uh, with Harry Cornick at the double. 
And Luton are up to 10th place, 17 points, three points off playoffs. What is happening? We beat them 5-0. What's happened since then? <laughs> um, what happened is, right, they came into our dressing room, stole our essence. Oh, I see. And that's what happened to us. I think there should be a formal investigation There's something going on, by the yeah. EFL. Yeah. Because um, something's not right there. <laughs> no, that's a bit silly. Um, anyway, I think, you know... we. Uh, we know Luton Town have it in them. They just, similarly to Bristol City, who they happen to be very close by on the table, mm. they just, you don't know what Luton Town are turning up on the day. It could be the brilliant, expansive, uh, like clinical that we saw against Millwall, or it could be the lethargic, slow to react, just all like just poor that mm. you saw you know, against uh, against Birmingham, for example. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I don't understand how a team within 12 games can lose 5-0 to Birmingham, beat bloody Coventry 4-1, wasn't it? <laughs> or something. They beat Coventry by a huge amount. Yeah, it's 5-0, yeah. But they beat Coventry, then go and beat Coventry 5-0. And then go and beat Millwall 2-0, but then it's it's... Absolutely mental. It's that it must be an absolute roller coaster. I feel sorry for mm. anyone with heart problems who happens to support Luton <laughs> Town. Yeah, yeah. They had that mad result against Swansea as well, didn't they? Where they were three 0 up at half time and they blew a three goal lead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That. I mean, that's exactly what the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's. It's. Mm. And it's not sustainable either. I've. I've. I've, I've mentioned that. That's become my momentum of this. <laughs> of, of this. I like it. I like it. Not sustainable. It's true. It's not, it's well, it's, true. It's not sustainable. You can't. You can't just bet that every now and again you're going to have a really good game. You've got to find mm. a way to 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 harness that energy and and keep and repeat it on a consistent basis. Mm, mm. Yeah. But yeah. who am I? Who am I? I don't know anything about football. <laughs> We're just two guys chatting about football. What do we know? But well, we watch a lot of football, and I think you're absolutely right yeah. in this league. Uh, consistency is key and finding finding a way to grind out performances and even on your off days you can't get smashed you have to find a way to grind games out and take a draw and and, and things like that you know and that's where I think teams that don't have a lot of quality a team like a Millwall and a Gary Rowett in that form of course it didn't go to plan this weekend for them you need that solidity so you can grind out results if it isn't your if it isn't going your way you can still take home points and still keep clean sheets uh, that's the way to play it in the championship if, if you just want to have a secure, solid, safe, boring league, which is what I would like from Birmingham, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, we've got one more game to discuss before we go to a very short break, and that's Preston North End taking on Derby County. Uh, Derby County produced another good performance, but failed to make their pressure count as they played out a goalless draw with Preston at Deepdale. Uh, it was Wayne Rooney's side that now have six clean sheets this season. Uh, but they could not find a way to break the deadlock at the other end after losing striker Sam Bulldock to injury in the first half. Now, that may be a concern. Yeah, uh, Ravel, the that will be, I think. Ra- Ravel Morrison, Tom Lawrence and Festi Eboselli all tested keeper Daniel Iverson in the home goal as Preston were restricted to just 29% of possession in the opening 45. Centre-back Curtis Davis hit the crossbar with a header after the break, but Rams keeper Ryan Alsop had to save from Scott Sinclair and Emil Reese jacobson as the Lilywhites belatedly found some cohesion in attack so the lily whites that's what they're called preston they're called the lily whites aren't they sometimes well it's one of their nicknames isn't they're called the lily whites as, as well yeah like <laughs> there's a few teams that are called the lily whites i know, are they? I know who else yeah well there's obviously there's spurs are sometimes called the lily whites aren't they 
Let's smell the smell the lily whites. There's no other lily whites. Well, Preston apparently. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't agree. Also, well, just t- touching quickly on 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 injuries for mm, Derby, yeah. which could really be. I mean, obviously Bulldog, but also Sibley came on and then mm. was substituted back off again. Yeah, I noticed that. I don't know if that was injury or if that was just Wayne, Wayne Rooney not not thinking Sibley was doing very it's well. Not remembered. Hang on, <laughs> he forgot. Did he? Did he start? I can't remember. Mm. Um. Anyway, I think. Uh, another point for Derby on the board that, that mm. they this but this is the kind of game they would have expected to have taken three. Yeah. I think. Um if they are gonna gonna survive. Mm. But uh I'm I mean I'm as you well know, I'm not you, you like bore you like it to get boring sometimes. <laughs> I'm not a fan of nil nil draws. I'm not a fan I'm not a fan of draws really. You love them. Oh mate, that's what it's all about. But I, I I am not a massive fan of them. I'd rather put everything on the line, but risk losing to win. Mm. Maybe that's why I don't bet anymore. <laughs> I like a bit of pragmatism. <laughs> I like a bit of pragmatism. But um... we, imagine if me and you, right, were like, it's, it doesn't happen in the men's game, but in the women's game, you see it sometimes where there's joint coaches. Mm. If me and you were joint coaches, <laughs> we'd just be arguing every week. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go risk the win. No, we need to. We need to just sit in and take the draw. <laughs> it's, the, it's the fourth minute. Why is our keeper time wasting? Why did you tell him to do that? <laughs> Told him give him secret instruction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I, I I feel weirdly optimistic for Derby. I feel like they've got this the way they're playing. You feel optimistic? Hang on a sec. That took a second to compute in my brain. <laughs> I feel optimistic for Derby. Because they're showing fight. I think there's a mentality of being the underdog. They know they've got to really fight and get some some points. Yes, it's only a draw, um, but it's another clean sheet. They're only six points behind Hull. Barnsley and Peterborough aren't doing particularly great either. I I can see them. I'd be very surprised if by December, uh, Derby aren't at least above a a couple of those teams. That I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. I think by in a month and a half's time, they will be at least in 22nd position derby. Wow, that's a big call. Yeah, and then in Christmas they'll they'll catapult, they'll they'll pick up they, well Christmas will be difficult in terms of injuries so maybe they'll sink again but uh, that will be a crucial period for them because there'll be a lot of fixtures coming thick and fast and they've not got a, a big squad. Um but I think yeah, I think the way they're going Wayne uh, Wayne Rooney seems to have I was skeptical but he seems to have at least got the players playing for him and they've got a bit of passion and they're they're up for the fight, and I think that 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 can only bode well in in the position that they're in. Uh, yeah, it does. And just very quickly, um, of course, uh, I think I think Derby County, in terms of going into administration, they will be fine. Mm. Um, there's a couple of reports on uh, a couple of uh, a couple of link uh, links to people purchasing Derby County. Yeah. Um, one of them is. Uh, is Jez Moxie. Oh. Uh, he's the Burton Albion, Burton Albion chief exec. He's temporarily stood down, mm. um, quote, in case it clashes with an attempt to buy a club. Mm. I wonder who that's going to be. Um, he was linked with the Derby job on Sunday. Um, also former Ipswich owner Marcus Evans as well oh, nice. is, mm. uh, has been linked. And of course, the infamous Mike, Mike Ashley. Um, Spectre of Mike Ashley looms large. <laughs> <laughs> he, well, yeah, pretend, I think 
But uh, so Derby County, I wouldn't be surprised even if you do go down. Alex seems to think that there's a chance that you won't. Well, the Col- and also just you know, the Colin Kazi and Richards has come back. Their top score score from goal uh, from last season is is back, and I, I just think that that they 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 have a bit more fight in them than a few of the other teams above them. And of course, Cardiff Swansea are playing today. We know that, but. but that will tell us a bit more about Cardiff after that game. Cardiff could get sucked into this relegation yeah, quite, this, quite easily. This, this time, in, there's a there's a chance that this time tomorrow, mm. uh, the um, Cardiff may be managerless. Very, very true. Very, very true. I think um, so. Yeah, yeah a team there is... I, I don't fear for weirdly. I know that Swansea and Cardiff are both on eleven points, and we can. I mean, we should probably just mention them quickly because obviously it's today's game. Mm. Um, but it's I. I fear more for Cardiff. I think it's the form. It's losing five in a row and, and then having to play your... And it's, it's, it's at Swansea, isn't it, as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think even though they're level on points, you don't you don't look at it thinking it's a level contest. You do look at Swansea. And, mm, yeah. And, and with, with the form, with Cardiff really uh, on, a, on, a, on a downhill trajectory, much like some other teams mm. in the league. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, I, yeah. We'll be, yes, we'll be discussing Quick score prediction. I know you. Quick score prediction you know, for Cardiff uh, Swansea. Uh, yeah, sorry, just Swansea Cardiff. If you want to win an, an exact score pr- prediction. Uh, I'm going to go for. Ooh, one all. No, no, I'm going to go Swansea <laughs> one, Cardiff nil. Uh, I'm going to go Swansea three, Cardiff Whoa. nil. Blimey, three goals from Swansea. Yeah. I could. Yeah, I'm absolutely. I mean, Cardiff might. might don't just don't, don't fold. at me. Don't don't at me, bro. No, I like it. I like it. In fact, no. Do at me, fans. At us <laughs> on on Twitter and Instagram. Get at us. Tell me I'm being absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> this will. By the way, this episode will come out after the Swansea game. Yeah. So you're hearing our prediction of a game. But it's the happening. game would have finished by the time you hear it. Yeah, it's happening. Uh, the game is happening during the editing phase, so it's yeah, kind it of is. Like, yeah. um, so <laughs> you know, if if in fact, I tell you what, if <laughs> if it's not three nil, I, I I have complete control over editing. I could just cut it all out. Well, that's true. That's true. You you could probably splice in some ridiculous like could, sounds I, and make me sound I, ridiculous as yeah, well. Yeah, potentially. I I could I could chuck up some ed- editing, find somewhere where you've like where you've predicted like a four 0 win and edit it so like so that you said it for Swansea or whatever, and then I'll yeah. Uh, I I could even I could even set up my microphone quickly and say, oh yeah, I think it's going to be a insert result. Oh yeah, you could do all sorts. I've, I could really. Uh, I could Got these I could, nefarious plans. I could. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm a very honest person. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. And I, I'll stick... always... I've got to stick to my persona of... of yeah. I, I say persona, that's who I am. Yeah. Um, of uh, absolutely mental predictions. <laughs> absolutely. Because um, one day, one day, I will get a prediction right. Well, yeah, one, I mean, done, yeah. One I, I think day, yeah. I will say like 4-0 and it will be 4-0. Mm. And everyone will hail me as a god, forgetting <laughs> that I'd predicted all of the other results mm. forever wrong. Well, it's, it's, that's it, isn't it? It's all I'm just about saying. enjoying that one, that one time it comes off. It will be a big, uh, a big cause for celebration. It will yeah, be. I should, we, we would have obviously recorded this, I think, after the Swansea Card game, but we both have work commitments. You've got we work, do. I've got to get down to Bath for a, a new job mm. starting this week. So it's, it's all happening and we're doing a our mega best job. when we a can. A mega job. Yeah, we're doing our best to record when we can. Um, so do bear with. But uh, yeah, 
Swansea one nil. You're going three. Was you say three nil or three one? Three nil. Three nil. Not even a goal for Cardiff. Yeah. No. And you, do you think that'll be it then? They yeah, Mick, yeah, him. Mick McCarthy. I I wouldn't be surprised if they actually sack him today. Mm. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they. In fact, if they do, I will quickly set on my microphone and just add in a little sound bite at the end of the day because mm. I, I like when I finish work if I haven't had a drink, which is unlikely now I think about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not addicted to alcohol. Um, <laughs> my name's Joe. I don't oh, think at your Joe. age you can be addicted to alcohol. At your age, it's what, just at, 20, at 21. You can't be addicted to alcohol at 21. Well, you probably can. Well, of course you can, but I mean, having, having a few beers on a weekend or something and enjoying yourself at your age, that's fine, mate. And then saying ridiculous predictions, that's fine. That's fine. Well, in your in your head, I'm still a kid. So you'd be expecting me to drink schnapps and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apple sours. Yes, oh. exactly that. Oh, God. I had a rainbow sours the other week. Oh, really? I've never had one. Yeah, it's absolutely it's weird. It, the taste of it is fine. It tastes fine when, what is it? but then the aftertaste in your throat Ugh. is like really bizarre. It's not. It's not like it doesn't hurt. It doesn't taste bad. It's just it feels weird. Mm. What I imagine drugs taste like. I've never taken drugs. God, I I can't even cope with the idea of shots anymore. I think it's a psychological. I, I'll do them if I. But have as to. you know, as you know, on Saturday next week mm. when we play Swansea. Mm. I'm not looking. I'm not particularly looking forward to that. I could do with a, a Birmingham City birthday present. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, to be honest, I've thought that in the past about things. Luckily, my birthday's uh, in during pre-season, so it's just really. Yeah, you're fine, mate. You're absolutely <laughs> fine. Your 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 birthday present is like oh, signing announced. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, we've signed a free transfer. Yeah. Oh, we've brought in uh, some loan player from a team he's never played before. <laughs> oh, um, we've, drawn, we've drawn nil nil with a with an Irish team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we, we just did a Spanish third tier side and we we didn't we didn't concede for half an hour. Yeah. Yay. Well I'm hoping um, the boys can do it for you next weekend. Me too. Really? But but as you as you know, as I've already warned you, you have to do you have to do at least one shot of tequila. God, I, I'll do it. I'll do it. And and uh, you know, I always get swept up in in these things and get really excited and get the into other day. Joe, you know I'm not going to. So the other, on Friday you had your your leaving do. I did. You? I did. And I, I I'm not going to lie. I I read over the texts that you sent me. Oh God. And I can kind of tell that you were drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just happens, doesn't it? It's. We were talking about a new a new song, but like, <laughs> like, like I, when I, I text you about us going to a concert. And I saw I, I saw something I saw you type something that I never thought you'd type. Oh God! Is you gonna, just fit for public consumption? Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no. He said, "Gonna be sick, brah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely an indication. I've had a couple of beers. I was so, and also like you swearing over text is not something I see often. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, and then like when we said instead of saying good night or something, he said. Have a good night, you ledge. And I was so, I was, so, I was cracking up. I stayed up for at least an extra 20 minutes because I couldn't, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. <laughs> Jeez. That's all you'd need, really. Instead of like, you know, I was going to have to do a breathalyzer. Now nah, just check my text, mate. Just it's check his obvious. text. Has yeah. he text CJ? If so, <laughs> ask CJ if he's drunk. And mm. he'll, yeah, it's, it was funny. Anyway, Swansea are going to win. Yeah, uh, let's put in a soundbite and let's yep. look. We've got really cheery now. We're about mm. to get sad again. Oh, it's a mixture of emotions, isn't it? We're all over the place. Literally yes, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to be looking at uh, well, blues and the mess that is blues. We'll be back shortly.
Welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. This is the part of the show that I have been not dreading. I mean, that's a bit dramatic. I have but certainly not, <laughs> certainly not been looking forward to. Um, we need to talk about the West Brom game. Uh, it was Carlin Grant that scored the only goal of the game as West Bromwich Albion ground out a West Midlands derby win over Birmingham City to move top of the championship. Grant's powerful 75th minute strike was enough for the baggies to replace Bournemouth on goal difference. This is, of course, on Friday night before Bournemouth played their game. Uh, defeat leaves Lee Bowyer City with only one point and no goals from their past five games. Fun times. The first West Midlands derby to be played in front of a crowd since the COVID-19 pandemic generated a tremendous atmosphere inside the Hawthorns, but it quickly evaporated as the host struggled against a well-marshaled, rejigged Blues defence. However, it took the game's one moment of genuine individual brilliance from Grant, the Albion striker's fifth goal in as many games, to settle it. I mean, where to start with this? I was watching this... Maxine um, Collin was subbed off and that's why we lost the game. Well, yeah, I mean, that was... It was that I've, I read rumours that there was a slight problem with his Achilles or something that there's a that, that was a precautionary. If that thing. is true, if that's true, and he and he's out for a bit, we are. <laughs> I was going to swear and put in a soundbite, but I can't. But I, th- I think I think it. I bad feel like bad it, times ahead. Yeah, I feel like that was a precaution. Obviously, sticking Bella in at right back wasn't. Uh, yeah, that so that that because that's, that's where the goal came from, right? We're yeah. going to jump... OK, we're jumping straight into the goal. Let's just go for it. Uh, let's, I want, so, first of all, there were three... In fact, no, I'd say four key mistakes mm. that, for, that that led to their goal, right? If one or two of the mistakes happen, but the other two don't, we don't concede, mm. right? But all four happening is not good enough. Considering that we've had... We've been in a really poor run of form. Yeah. We've got the international break where you think with what's going on the focus would be defensive solidity and as Lee Bowyer said the mm. two things we worked on was our defensive shape out of possession mm-hmm. to prevent being to prevent being um uh well to prevent being broken down as you'd expect as a former football team and putting the ball in the back of the net we'll get to the second one but in terms of the first one they had a long throw mm. this has been dubbed the long throw derby fair play <laughs> um uh, from their long throw, it was cleared away to, to the other side of the pitch. Unlike us, they don't send Furlong to the other side to take him. He only takes him from the right-hand side. So on their left-hand side, they take a, a short throw on. We're still set up super deep on our six-yard box mm. when they're taking a short throw from the, where really we should be pushed up to at least the edge of the box. Yeah. Right. As, as a result of that, Jeremy Bell, that's, so that's mistake number one, not, mm. not, not setting our position correctly. Number two, Jeremy Bella, who was playing right now, first of all, he's not a right back. I don't really blame him for this because for me, if, if Maxime Collin is, hasn't got the injury problem, isn't taken off, he, 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 gets, he gets out there. Maxime Collin would go and put pressure on the person receiving the throw. Mm. No one does, so it's a free pass. Yeah. If I, if I remember correctly, because it was thrown mm. in, then mm. it was passed to Kyle and Grant, who cut inside. Mm. So that pass, that pass, if it, it either A, it doesn't happen, or B, there's enough pressure to rush the pass. So Kyle and Grant doesn't have as much time on the ball. Mm. That's mistake number two. Mistake number three, Gary Gardner. Mm. Does, so and this is a large part of it is because we weren't set, going back to the first mistake, but he doesn't close down Kyle and Grant. No. He gets completely sold because no. Carlin Grant pretends he's going to go down the wing. No. Carlin Grant, who's 
right-footed and cuts inside every single time he has the ball mm-hmm. when he's on the left-hand side. He yeah. cuts inside and he, he and it, Gary Gardner falls for it, mm. which is which Carlin Grant, you know what Carlin Grant wants to do. You know when he's on the left, he wants to cut into his right foot and strike it. Mm. Um, so that's mistake number three. Mistake number four, Matthias Sarkic. Massively out of position, getting beaten at your near post. Mm. It was a good strike, and from that position, you'd expect the striker to go across goal. Mm. But as a goalkeeper, you've got to, you've got to cover your near post. Priority number one: cover your near post. If the ball goes in far post, it's a good strike, and yeah. if you make a save, it's a good save. Right? Mm. He was he was quite. It was so far, the ball wasn't even all the way in the corner mm. when it went in. That's mistake number four. It was it was it was well hit. It, it mm. was hit powerfully and went in quick. But for me. Matthias Arkic has got to save that. Matthias Arkic made two good saves in the game. Mm, one from yeah. Connor Townsend, mm. tipping it over the bar, and one phenomenal save from yeah. a corner yeah, when, when they were already 1-0 down. That, and that, for me, you know, yeah, that makes up for it. Mm. And I'd actually probably say Matthias Arkic may be even man of the match mm. just for that one save. But I, 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 that's not one. We'll get to stars and stinkers. We're only going to do one of each, by the way, just so you know, Alex. Because okay. um, otherwise, I'm ranting now. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure you're gonna you might have a rant in a minute. Um, well, where to start? Unless I've covered unless I've covered the. Well, no, I, you've certainly covered the goal really well. I, I completely echo your thoughts. I'm, the, when I first saw it, and this was I was on my, on my leaving day, and we we've, we were watching it in the pub, and I'd had a few beers at this point, and even I was like, "How has Gardner been sold so easily? Like so it, easily? Because yeah, like Gardner's not." It is like it's 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 comical because he nearly fell over as yeah. well. And then and the prep that gets put drilled into these players, they're told these are the forwards. This is his foot. This is how he what he likes to do. Just- well, you'd think so. You'd think so, wouldn't you? You'd think that 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 before a game, you look at the danger men and you say, "This is what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Don't let them do it. Do not let them do it." Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're playing against Mason Greenwood who can hit strike a ball with both feet comfortably. Yeah, you're playing against Carl and Grant. Good player, but if you force him down, if you force him out wide, mm. a you're buying your defense more time to get set into the correct position because of the first mistake, and b you're forcing him into an area he doesn't want to be. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, definitely. so defensively, we've still got we at times we look more solid. That we, mm. I mean, for me, the first twenty minutes there were shaky moments. Mm-hmm. I think George Friend played well. Actually, yeah, he surprised me. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised by George Friend. Um, maybe a, maybe another bit of leadership, because um, obviously with Harley Dean being the one that was dropped, as as I correctly predicted. Mm. Um, not gonna. I mean, I'm not proud of myself because I'm not gonna be proud of myself for something so trivial. <laughs> um, but uh, him coming in, I know he wasn't captain. I think Juki was captain, but at the back, I think that maybe he was probably he was a bit of a leader. Mm. Um, Pedersen. Is not a wing back in that system. Mm. He shouldn't be a wing back in that system. Mm. He's not expansive enough. I saw a few times where he tried to he tried to beat his man and he just couldn't. Yeah. Because um, he's not that player. He's a if if he does play left back, don't get me wrong, he can swing in a good cross, but he needs a space. Yeah. yeah. So um obviously Maxim Collant, I hope that's not a major injury. Um who else who else do I want to yell at? Um Ivan Zunic. Mm. Um he had Potentially blues his best chance of the game. Yeah, the top of the crossbar. Mm-hmm. Um, poor finish. Yeah, he, I mean, 
the I mean, I'm just echoing what the commentator said at this point. Mm. But when he struck the ball, he's leaning back. Mm. And and as I know, I'm I'm a goalkeeper. I, I, I used to take it quite seriously. Mm. I had a goalkeeper coach and I, I used to not be able to kick a football. Mm. And he, in five minutes, he said, right, you're a goalkeeper from a goal kick to get the ball up pitch, lean back and keep your legs straight, mm-hmm. which is the way Sunjic kicked the ball. Yeah. <laughs> and and to be fair, I, I can't believe that he hit the bar. The mm. way he hit the ball, it should have <laughs> gone into the stratosphere like that Bruno Fernandes penalty <laughs> a few weeks ago. Yeah. It was... There's positives to take, right? But it hurts that you play so well. Because we did play well for, for a large portion of the game. West Brom played badly and Blues played well. I know we had 32% of the ball, but we set up to do that. We set up to, to try and hit him on the break. You know, you look from, from like corner routines. We had two people up there when West Brom had a corner. And there was, I mean, one of the best moments of the game is it was cleared, cleared away. Hogan laid it off. He was fouled. Good advantage from the referee. Mm. And then Chong, uh, Chong carried the ball for a good counter-attack. I've actually got so angry. I've given myself the hiccups, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's It's... It's 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 baffling. It, it it's baffling to me how you can play like when you play so well and you don't get anything from it. The hurt in the dressing room. Yeah, Lee Bowie's got a big job to try and lift these boys up because mm. the tails are down, the head, heads are down. Yeah. We're in a bit of a we're in a downward spiral. Mm. We need something needs to happen soon, and mm. you know Huddersfield is not going to be an easy game away from home midweek. I, I mean, that's it's, 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 that, that is, I, we'll, we'll get onto predictions uh, mm. shortly. I don't hold the highest of hopes <laughs> for that game. Mm, mm. Um, Swansea next week, uh, mm. which we're going to, again, I'm not sure, you know. It's a big, that's, that's a big one for me. I, th- I think we need to, we need to, I mean, I've got one or two thoughts on the West Brom game. Just to on, you, you, yeah, go on, you do your thoughts, mate. But before we before we sort of look at to those two fixtures, um, uh, I thought Scott Hogan actually had, in terms of apart from finishing, which is obviously the most important part of a striker's game, they said they have to score up. I actually think overall he had quite a good game. He, he, there was yeah, a, he did. A, few, a few moments where he caused all sorts of trouble. He was turning, turned semi Ajayi and, and had that layoff for for Sunjic and. He had a really good game, but it's but it's just strikers at the end of the day, they are judged on goals and they have to be your bread and butter. And the fans will keep getting on his back the more he misses these chances because there are a few opportunities that he had that he should have done better with. Um, not easy chances, like there was the one that they hit on the half volley, but but they've got you've got to do better. Um I feel for the players in that regard because, and you know, the backlash. I, the, the players even look at social media. I, I wouldn't if I was them. I wouldn't. Um, no way. Not not in not at this moment. Yeah, it, but the, the the sort of the stick that Hogan in particular is getting, he seems to be a lightning rod for it. Um, yeah. Which is because str- you think back to, you know, when he was on loan mm. from from Villa. Yeah, and we were loving him. Yeah, yeah, well, he was know, brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. He, he, he strikes me as a real confidence player. Mm. So we don't look, we don't have we don't have loads of listeners, but to anyone who is listening and anyone who will then go on to don't don't slate him. We need mm. to get behind him. Yeah. And we need to get yeah. behind the rest of the attack. Why are we listen? This is this is maybe you you might get a bit whoa at what I'm gonna say now. 
why are we so behind Chong mm. and so not behind Hogan yeah. when they're doing essentially the same job at the moment? Mm. Neither of them are scoring goals or providing assists, mm. but they're both playing relatively well in yeah. context. Mm-hmm. Chong, Chong stands out because he's new to the team mm-hmm. and no one expects him to do well and he's doing mm-hmm. well. But other than that, there's no difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, it's a really good comparison. Um, and re- you're absolutely right. We should. Really- Chong's not scoring. Chong's not providing assists. Mm. But he's but he's adding this bit of flair and he's and he works yeah. hard defensively. Maybe he gets a, a bit of a free pass because he's a loney from Manchester United. So the you know, people, oh, he's he's obviously a, a different sort of quality yeah, player. But, but maybe at, that gets. At, at what point we we mentioned it earlier? At what point do you get cutthroat and you say if mm. you're not actually providing output? Yeah. If we need to change a system, maybe you are one that needs to go. Yes, you work hard defensively. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can provide a bit of flair. But at the end of the day, maybe all we need, maybe what we really need to do is have Bella on one side and Hogan, you know, up top and get Bella to swing and crosses in for Juki to get his head to or Dini to get his head to and Hogan mm-hmm. to pick up some scraps. Mm-hmm. Get back to basics yeah. and do something that's actually gonna, you know, rather than fans go, oh yeah, we played well, maybe we should have got more at the game, and actually get something out of the game. That's what needs to happen. For, that's yeah. that's what football's about. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. we're not Johan Cruyff, we're not Barcelona, mm-hmm. we're not whatever. You know, we we we're not here to watch amazing football. We're here for results. So if mm-hmm. you're going to play good football and not get results, stop. Yeah. Get results. Results number. Results first. Performance second. Yeah. In my yeah. view. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We 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 aren't the sort of team. We don't have the sort of squad to to play like that. We have to stick to basics. And and it, I thought I again I thought Duke had quite a tough game. There were one or two moments. Um, he hit one on the half. On, he hit one on the half volley. That was quite. That was yeah, quite. yeah. That was definitely one of the brighter moments from him. A, t- a tough night for him. Um, a few headers that you'd have expected him to do a lot better with. Yeah, I just think there's, some, there's something not quite right. Maybe the confidence has been drained from the front line. With I think De- the... I think I think it's the, the arrival of Deeney. Yeah. The expectation that Deeney's going to be this kind of lord and saviour of Birmingham City. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's getting to Juki, another confidence thing. Juki, mm. maybe he feels a bit unloved, a bit un. But yeah. let's not forget. Yes, Deeney support supported Birmingham City as a kid, mm. right? Juki has been with us for a long time, yeah. And he's stuck, and he's stuck with us at times where you know, he could he could have very easily been at a team higher up the table. Mm, yeah. Maybe should have been, mm-hmm. but he's stu- he, But we've kept hold of him, mm-hmm. whether he wanted to stay or not. At times, uh, that's not we don't know. Mm. But let's let's remember that, that I think Juki's the star of our team. Mm. Why why are we not? Again, showing him as much love as we can to try and get him another confidence thing. I think it uh, it looks really it looks shattered. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's it's a really. I'm really done now. By the way, in terms no, of no, no, that's all right. That's all right. It's a really, really difficult one, isn't it? Um, I, I saw some stuff on Instagram as well. Someone had posted that uh, Max, obviously Max Clayton. No, sorry, Adam Clayton. Max Clayton is the one that was at Bolton and stuff. Adam Clayton, uh, who we signed last summer under Karanka, has vanished off the face of the earth. He's still on Blue's books. Is um, he? he? He is, yeah. I assumed um, he just got released or something. Oh, well, I don't think he's been released. Um, maybe he has. But anyway, they, 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 there was this comment that said, uh, wherever Adam Clayton's gone off to, can we, can we send Harley Dean there as well? And, and Harley Dean re- replied to, to the comment and said, 
oh, thanks for that, pal. Have a good weekend. And it's just like, why should the players have to do it? We have to. The supporters are at their most important when things aren't going well and when things when they, when the, the, the team need a boost and they need that extra lift to, to, to go. I, I get I get a lot of um a lot of uh comments from friends of mine about me, particularly West Ham fans, mm. um about me having quote unquote abandoned Tottenham and uh and, and jumped on blues. And what I do is I show them how blues are doing. I say yeah. Do you think I'd done this to be happy? <laughs> because uh, it's it, it's, but I I agree with you. fans at this moment in time. This is where the fans are the most important. Mm. When you're winning, fans are there along for the ride. Yeah. In this moment, fans are there to actually affect the players. Yeah, and we can choose to affect them negatively, like mm. that guy who made the comment about mm. Hogan uh, or whatever, mm. or we can turn around and get behind them. You know, show them love, show them that we want them at the club, show them that we want mm. that, that, that we need them, that we want that, that the squad we have now is a squad that we want. Whether it is or not is another matter, mm. but it's what we've got. So we've got to make the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it's just sad that, that, don't get me wrong, these results hurt. It hurts everybody. The players will be hurting just as much as the fans, I, I'd imagine. Um, we, we need to rally together, and I think the emotions do run high. But it's important that that fans, as you as you rightfully say, if anyone does listen to this, that if anyone out there is listening to this, it's, it's important that we get behind the players. And we don't. Is there course, anybody out there? <laughs> of course, you, you know there has to be a degree of criticism, but it has to be constructive and helpful. We want to want the players to do well, but digging them out and telling them that we just want them out and get them, get rid of them and all that, it just. It doesn't help anybody, um, and we at this point in time we need to get behind the players. We've got two tough fixtures coming up now. Uh, one, the Swansea one, I think is really important um, because we we can't afford to keep sliding like this. And and going on to those two games, um, you know, Huddersfield is, is going to be tough. Like looking at their recent run, the last three games, they've won two and drawn one. Uh, those two wins coming at home, um, it's that is going to be tough. They're they're in good form. We, we haven't scored a goal in five games. It's really difficult to, to, to be confident. I think we need to match these levels again. It doesn't matter if it's a derby or not. The players need to find that level again that we saw against West Brom, but we need it for 90 minutes, not 60-odd. Yeah, I um, agree. I and completely that's agree. Going to be, and as you say, it's going to be a right job for Bowie to get them up and firing again for it, really get them going. Shall we... Two things very mm. quickly. First of all, is Lee Bowyer's job in trouble at all? I, but who would come in? I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's the right. We we know from the way that we started that Bowyer can get it right. I suppose the question mark is: Has the system been figured out by teams now, and 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 has he got the the sort of uh, the ability and the sort of thought process to to really change the team and, and find that effective clinical edge again to to our game. Certainly, you can get the players fired up. The way that they played and defended for most of the game against West Brom, the players are responding to the manager. But, it, you know, the real problem is, and it's a problem that lots of managers that have been at Blues uh, have had to deal with, is finding a way for us to score goals. We've got the strikers that are so, especially Hogan, that's so dependent on confidence. We've had the Troy Deeney effect, which seems like it's had a, had a so far had a negative impact on the other strikers and the other forwards. And we're... we're struggling to figure out how we really unlock teams and score goals. Um, I don't think, I don't think Lee Bowyer's job is in trouble uh, from my perspective. Um, 
I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Um, no, I was just because we were talking about Mick McCarthy, right? Mm. About how Cardiff are in a really bad negative spiral if they lose today. Yeah, but they're only a point behind Blues. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, so it's just food for thought. Yeah, yeah. We'll get us on social media or email us with yeah. your thoughts. By the way, at yeah. Raw Blue Pod, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Raw Blue Pod at G Raw Blue Podcast at gmail.com for the mm-hmm. uh, for the email. I nearly got it wrong there. Um, <laughs> you do. That's what I normally do. And, um, um, we didn't do our but, stars uh, and stinkers. I've just realised. Oh that's, that's what I was about to say. So, oh my god! One very quickly, one star, one stinker, and I'll let you go first because I usually go first. Uh, oh man. <laughs> um. For my star, I'm going to go with... If you, if you say him, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to go with Sarkic for my star. Easy option. Because yeah, I, I know that you, we can talk about the, the error for, for the goal. Um, but yeah, a couple of great saves and really assured goalkeeping. And he's, he's getting... There was even one, like, you know, when he, like, he got up to collect a high ball and he hurt himself doing yeah, it. Yeah, uh, right, I, was, right. I was really impressed by that. Yeah, uh, the kind of goalkeeper every defender wants to have behind him. Yeah, uh, my star would be because um, you know what, my star would be Hogan. Mm. Seriously, I think he was he was so lively mm. on the counter attack, and it, yes, his finishing wasn't great. Didn't have that many opportunities to 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 maybe show any improvement in his finishing. Mm. It, the the opportunities tended tend. Hmm. I think Joe has vanished again. Hmm. Okay. So yeah. Tended to fall to other people that hmm. were no one else has really really stood out to me on some love for Hogan. No, uh, I think you're absolutely right to, to 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 give Scott Hogan some love. It's only one stinker, remember, so choose yeah. wisely. Uh it's a difficult one. There's there's a few you could pick, but I I I think um I would go for Mm, Pedersen, maybe. I just think that he, as you pointed out before, he has. I think he's much more suited to the back three, and and asking him to to push on. It just didn't. We didn't seem to have that level of. If if we'd have had like Bella playing there, and let's say Pedersen was in the back three, I feel like Hogan and Bella would have caused a lot more. Pro- Hogan was already causing a lot of trouble, but but to have Bella in there as well, uh, down that left hand side and, and stretching the play and, and putting good balls in the box, I feel like that really was was could have potentially seen us create one or two better chances. I think Pedersen going forward as a, as a wing back, it, it just doesn't work. And, and that's, and that's not on him really. I think that's just what the job he was asked to do on the night. But um, so what, yeah. what would you think then about a back three of Pedersen friend and Sanderson? Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, I was impressed with friend on Friday night because the, the only time before that I'd seen him play was uh, in the Fulham cup game. And he yeah. wasn't great that night. I mean, the, <laughs> Blues team wasn't great overall that night. He, he had a bit of a tough night, lots of wayward passing. and But he was really good against West Brom. And, and I think it would be interesting, a little bit of a, a freshen up at the back, as we saw against West Brom anyway, to drop Dean, but to drop Roberts as well. I, th- I think that'd be really interesting. I think friend in the middle with Sanderson on the right and Pedersen on the left, I think could be a really interesting back three. Um, friend is very communicative and very good at the back. We, we know that. I think he could marshal the, the three there quite well. He's very experienced. It's got well, to be... I, have a, I, have, I have a question. We were really excited about him in pre-season. Mm. What has happened to Juan Castillo? Oh, mate, I don't know. He's he's fallen off the face of the earth. He's playing for the under-21s, oh, isn't he? Yeah. Um, like, surely we brought him in 
to add that bit of depth and rotation at, mm-hmm. in in that system that we want to play, where there'd be more defensive cover in the back three. Yeah. Unless there's some kind of fitness issue, why is he? Yeah. Why have we not given him at least a chance? Well, that, that's uh, really good. It's a really good question. Roll the dice. He, yeah, he, he would add that like real pace going forward, um, and would be more of an attacking wing back than especially Pelican. now if if Colin if Colin is injured. Mm. Or needs at least uh, at least like a couple of weeks to off to to prevent a serious injury. Mm. If we play a back a back uh, three, Pedersen on the left, or Sanderson on the right, and two relatively athletic centre backs, mm. and then you've got Bella playing as a right wing back, Castillo as a left wing back. He's yeah. very attractive, stretching mm. the stretching uh, stretching the play. Mm. Give roll the dice, Lee. Give it a shot. Mm. Why not? Yeah. My stinker, by the way, would be Gary Gardner. Oh yeah, um, mistake, yeah. big mistake for the for the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, he wasn't the only one to make a mistake for the goal, but for he he had the biggest individual error in yeah. in yeah. the goal. Um, and also, he didn't bring his usual kind of just midfield sturdiness that mm. you would have wanted him, being that he was replacing Ryan Woods. Yeah, who. Who were who you know wins back the ball and and can spread the play in the in in what if you're playing a counter attack system, Ryan Woods mm-hmm. would be kind of ideal in terms of his passing range. But yeah. anyway, that so that's stars and stinkers. Um, we'll mm-hmm. quickly mm-hmm. preview the hardest field game. I don't know if we're going to get to do a midweek one this this. this it's going to be a bit tricky. Yeah, we might we might just sort of do a bumper show next weekend or something. Um, so I'm thinking. I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm I, I'll be in Birmingham, so we could kind of do kind of a a, a roundup of the two match days in one. Yeah, that's yeah. something that we'll sort out. But I think it will probably be our next show won't be for a, for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Anyway, so uh, um, being the 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 thing, the moods are kind of down at the moment. I don't think we've got a game sorted out for this week. We will we'll have one for next week. We'll sort out some kind Why of not? game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's let's preview Huddersfield. Yes, well, we've we've not got long left uh, before we, we get into time, so we'll, I've we'll got get to, into this yeah, one. I've got to... So Huddersfield, yeah, Birmingham traveling away. Huddersfield, as I mentioned, they've uh, in their last three, they've won two and drawn one. Those two wins were at home. Uh, one of those wins over Blackburn, which is very impressive. We need to, the Blues to hit that level again that we saw for 60-odd minutes against West Brom, I think, here. They're, they're a side of this field that are, that are going so well um, at the moment. Um, let me just remind myself. Do, we, do, we, do but, we bring Dean back into the squad, into the into the starting 11, or do we stick with the same back three? That's a difficult question. I, I I could see the thinking in bringing Dean back in to say, look, I've dropped you. You know, you need to come back in and show us what you can do, what we've Yeah, show, show me why I'm not going to drop you again. Yeah. Um, and it, maybe it, is, it was a, with, a, with a degree of rotation in mind that he didn't play. I, it doesn't sound maybe right bring him, Maybe bring him in instead of Roberts and give Roberts a because Roberts has played a lot of football as well. Yeah, he has. But but then again, Roberts has that long throw that, that is such a weapon, especially when we've got... that. that I think, well, it's only a weapon when you know how to use it, which apparently we don't. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll I, I I think Dean will probably come back in. That's, that's my sort of gut feeling. Um, For whom? For I've, friend? Probably. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Probably, yeah. I think. Um, I think probably. Yeah, because I can't. I can't see friend playing a full ninety. Oh, he didn't play a full ninety against West Brom. He was subbed mm, off for mm. for Graham, who played. He got his first championship minutes for us. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
didn't do anything when he was on the pitch as far as I, I can mm. see. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, it's the back, yeah, maybe, the back three, I think it's maybe. difficult, isn't it? Because you could say, yeah, you could have Dean in the middle and Pedersen on the left, maybe, in, in that three. Um, I think Dean, yeah, Dean, Pedersen. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Collan is injured, mm. if we kind of went to a, to a back four and Sanderson was just shipped out to right back. Because mm. he's, he's got the, like, and we just played a flat back four, mm. Pedersen left, left back or even friend left back and they just didn't get forward. It was basically four, basically yeah. four centre-backs. You could, you could, you could do that to be fair and try to grind it out. And I think that might be I'm a pretty bit sure, I'm pretty sure Sanderson, yeah, I think, I think Sanderson has played right back before. Um, and he's certainly got the athleticism to, to, we saw it against, against West Brom a few times where he kind of turned on the after and, uh, and used it, showed a bit of pace, uh, which is always nice to see from a blue centre-back. We, we don't tend mm. to have, them kind of centre backs, so yeah, that, that that's yeah. good. Um, it's good. Just an interesting angle. That, I'm not. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you, mate. Uh, should we? Do, I, I think we should just kind of get into gut feeling score predictions. Yeah. Okay. God, I I think that we'll see a, a similar kind of gritty, organised performance. But I think it the some of the easy the, the easy goals we've been giving away. I think we'll end up losing again, unfortunately. Yeah, me too. Because Huddersfield are so good at home. Um, I think. I think it will be another tight game and we'll lose 1-0. You think 1-0 again? Mm. My my head says we're going to lose 2-0. Mm. My heart says we're going to win 5-0. <laughs> you imagine, go five games without a goal and then score five again away at Huddersfield. <laughs> Why not? It's like it's like I know I know most of our listeners probably aren't from London, but around here that's how the buses work, you know, none come, one won't come and then <laughs> 700 will come. Like London I think, bus. yeah, like, 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 a, like a good old big red red London bus. I think, no. Shall I, okay, I need to, shall I be serious or shall I be my normal, my normal optimistic crazy? Well, story? I think we should go for a crazy one because it's, otherwise it's going to be quite depressing. Yeah, it's true. Okay, Blues <laughs> are going to win. Yeah. And they're going to win well, comfortably, three goals to one. Okay, I like it. Who's going to score the goals? Where are they going to come from? Three own goals. <laughs> I'll take it. We will take it. I'll be delighted with that. Three goals where all three of them are going to hit the bar and come off the keeper and go in. <laughs> I would love that. I'd, honestly, that I'd, I'd love. I I think I'd love that more than like a Hogan hat trick. That would be so fun to talk about. But no, I think if 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 goals are going to come from anywhere, they're going to come from from Juki or Chong is going to find a bit of space and finally open his account. Mm-hmm. It's overdue now for Chong. Yeah, I think I so. need him to get a goal. I need him to get a goal. Mm. Um, it's all like it's all when I go putting in these good performances. If you're not getting output, but we've, mm. yeah, we've we've done being depressing. We're going to win three one. We're not. We're going to lose two 0 but we're going to win three one. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's 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 what I have to say. Well, it's, and it's, because we're not going to do a show before then. Yeah, quickly, very, very, very quickly. Score prediction for Swansea. Well, obviously, I predicted that Swansea would beat Cardiff 1-0. So they'll be on a bit of a high from the local derby. They'll go above us in the table if that happens. But I think this is where we can really try to get some important points on the board. Um, I think we'll it'll be quite a dull game. Swansea will try to pass it yeah. about. Birmingham will let them have the ball. Are you going to say a draw? I think we'll edge it. I think that oh yes, I think that Swansea will turn up and try to pass us off the park, but we'll sit in and be organised, and then it'll be a set piece or something, or Duke will finally get a get a, get a good header, uh, and we'll we'll edge him out, and it'll be 
it'll be a very nervy for the final like 20 30 minutes it'll be like a horrible one nil where we're holding on and we'll, we'll get over the line i think i think we'll beat them are you are you only saying that because it's my birthday there is a little bit of that i would like really really like to see a blues win <laughs> for your birthday because oh, listen i've been to so i've not been to many blues games in my in my in my time following the club mm. was against cardiff we drew that game, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we lost that game, actually, I think. Did we? Oh, then we took the lead, but we lost that game. That was my first ever game. Um, yeah, you, you took me to that after, because I took you to a Spurs game at the new stadium. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you took me to Andrews, and I, and I fell in love with uh, <laughs> with the Blues fans. and the, the, the Yeah, I was a bit drunk when I fell in love with them. Um, <laughs> That's how it normally goes. <laughs> Couldn't lie. Um what else? So I've been to QPR away. That was the mm. only Blues game I've ever been to that we've won. Uh, that was no, we drew that as well. Oh, I've never been to a Blues game that, that, that we've won. But that will watch um, when it would be. That if... was a two-all draw at yeah. Loftus Road. Yeah, it would be. It would be. Mm. I've been to. We went to Fulham this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that less about that one the better. <laughs> um, I went to QPR away this season where we lost two 0 Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I, I want to like next season see if it would be financially viable to get a season ticket. Okay, I'll see where I am in my life uh, in terms well, of like, jobs and stuff well. like that. <laughs> well, if they're in League One, it'll be a lot cheaper. I'll say that. True. Well, true. Well, I don't know. in the bloody board, it might still be That's true. Yeah, it might even go up. To yeah. Be fair. <laughs> yeah, League One. Um, you, there's no international breaks in League One, so you got to, yeah. Um, and also, you know, Papa John's Trophy. Maybe, maybe we win something. Yeah, well, true. That, that might be nice to actually have a chance of going far in a competition. Do you know what? I'm not going to lie, right? As much as we don't want to get... <laughs> don't say it. Get relegated and stuff. If, if we were guaranteed to like be at the top of League One, if we were to get relegated, I'd kind of take it. Cause it would be quite <laughs> that fun is to. a guarantee. That's I mean, don't get me wrong, Birmingham does not belong in League One. <laughs> and I do not want that to happen. Exactly. The problem is it's, not, it's definitely not guaranteed. You know we'd go down. We'd be like Sunderland. We'd get bogged down oh, for a few. Anyway. It doesn't matter thinking anyway, about it. We just anyway. need to get the business done. It's, uh, so Swan, So you think that we're going to beat Swansea like 1-0 or something? I think we'll lose to Huddersfield. Is that we'll what you out. said? Yeah, I think we'll beat Swansea 1-0. It's all going to be tight, cagey games as I think Bowie will, will revert back to some basics. And yeah, we'll get a shout by I'm going to email my... I'm going to email my good friend Harley Dean. Um... <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, to be, there is a real chance. That, anyway, I'm not going to say that on camera. I, should, I shouldn't say that on recording, so I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, I'll have, I'll have a few words of a few people. I'm going to go 4 0 Blues. 4 0. No. So we had 5 0 and now 4 0. <laughs> 5 1, 4 0. And then he's going to give me a shirt after the game. 5-1? You're going 5-1? No, I'm not going 5-1. I think these games are going to be tight and nervy, but but I would love for us to smash, or I'd love for us to smash anyone, but especially if it's on your birthday, we, we get to see it. I'm going to go, I'm going to say Birmingham, Birmingham 4, Swansea 3. <laughs> it will be, Juki will score twice, right? Maxime Collam will score a screamer, which will draw us level. And then last minute, corner, Sarkic is going to come up for it, right? Even though we're drawing, because why not? 
he's going to get he's going to get a flick on right and then mm-hmm. Dini will volley home he's going to he's going to celebrate he's going to he's going to take his shirt off he will have already been booked so he'll get a second yellow and get sent off for it right <laughs> but when he walks off because we're going to try and get seats as close to the bench as we can Oh no, you've cut out Joe in the middle of your wonderful story. That's not going to happen. I mean, that would be great if all of that happened and you got the shirt. Did I cut out? I'm not going to guarantee that that's the way it's going to end, but I am going to say, but I'm going to stick with 4 3 Blues because why not? Wow. Wow. I don't know, but we take it. 4 3 Blues. We take any sort of win, I'll take okay. a point. I'll take a point at this point, to be honest. I'll take a goal. I'll take losing 2 1 <laughs> with a goal. We could do with a goal. <laughs> no, no. no, I actually, no, I wouldn't. I want us to win. We'll win. We'll win. I hope so. Um, I hope so. Um, and unless you've got anything to add, we can wrap up then, Joe. Let's, uh, yeah, let's wrap up. Well, next time, next time we do, you know, next time we record a podcast, your hmm. youngest cousin will be 21 years old. That's scary, man. Don't say things like that. It makes you feel very old. Your co-host will be 21, bro. Makes you feel very old. Bro, Um, like I'm a roadmap from under. Bro. All right, bro. With the mandem, I think... um, Oh, God, never do that again. I think, uh, well, all that's left to say really is uh, do give us a follow on Twitter and or Instagram. We are at Pod. Both. both, yeah, both. Why not? And uh, do feel free to email us. It's rawbluepodcast at gmail.com. Oh, he's learned it. He's yeah, learned it. look at me. There is a brain in here somewhere. Oh, man. Somewhere. <laughs> and uh, all that's left for us to say then is keep right on. Keep right on.